everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Sustainability and Climate Podcast. As usual, I'm your co-host, Labake, and with me is my awesome co-host, Toby. How are you? Hi, Labake. Hi, everyone. I'm good. It's been an awesome time, an amazing week. Can't complain, making progress with everything that we do. But yeah, I'm excited to be back here discussing one of my favorite things, the Sustainability and Climate Podcast. Don't forget to join us and remain till the end of this podcast where we'll be giving our free ticket to the Power Planet campaign. And you know, on this podcast, we explore the world of sustainable living and how we as individuals, as organizations, can play our part in making the world a better place. And on today's topic, we'll be looking at two of the sustainable development goals. Goal six, which is clean water, and goal 12, which is responsible production and consumption. Trust me, guys, we, we've done a lot of research about this topic and we know that these goals are important. All the goals are important. And from on this podcast, we'll be exploring some of these goals moving forward. But for today, we want to start with these two goals, goal six and goal 12. Awesome. Let's jump right into it. All right. So for us, responsible production and consumption, what does that mean to you, Labake? Well, so responsible consumption and production is one of these goals that encompasses quite a lot and a lot of sectors. And it's one of the goals that, you know, in my day job, we tend to work with a lot because, like I said, a lot of sectors fall within, you know, the purview of responsible production and consumption. If you have a supply chain, then, you know, you kind of have that written in. It covers the fashion industry, covers agriculture, construction, waste management to some certain extent as well. Yeah carbon markets, responsible sourcing and procurement. So there's a lot that falls within this particular SDG, but essentially the UN describes it as ensuring sustainable consumption and production patterns. So pretty much what we're looking at and targeting is ensuring that, you know, in our production systems, we are being as sustainable and responsible as possible. So yeah, I can go on and on and and on about all the things that fall within this purview, but pretty much for a general overview kind of introduction to, to that particular goal, that's what it is, ensuring, you know, sustainable consumption and production patterns. I think one, one like you mentioned, agriculture, and I think that's like a big piece of the puzzle. Agri-tech is something that is important. And I think I was speaking to someone recently about this same agri-tech and she was saying that agri-tech is actually unnecessary like technology that will make it, um, agriculture more efficient and more sustainable. Because just imagine drones surveying fields to prioritize irrigation and AI predicting pest invasion. So I think agri-tech is one, is one area that we really need to look into and the impact that it can help actually our farmers to, to make their production more, more easy to carry out and also to reduce the, the need for harmful pesticide because we all know what AI is doing at the moment. The effect of AI, there's a chat GPT, there's the different forms of AI to help us as individuals make life easy for us. So I think when it comes to agri-tech, having this technology has make it very more efficient for our farmers and have them have this more sustainable farming when it comes to this area. Yeah, totally. I love that you said that because me working with, you know, the startup and venture world, that's one of the things I love the most about it. I'm exposed to innovation on a daily basis, right? And I've spoken with and seen and read about so many innovative companies in the agri-tech who are creating technologies to help with precision farming, ensuring that, you know, we're as responsible 
with water consumption in the farming process as possible or you know companies that are innovating with data agricultural data yeah. so learning about weather patterns and crop patterns crop production patterns how you say it and how much time it takes to grow a particular crop from you know end to end from seedling to end product and recording all of this data to make the process as streamlined as possible to manage waste to manage resources in that pro- process but also companies that are innovating around access whether it's access to lenders to help with the financial side of smallholder farming or it's access yeah. to buyers to buy the products that they're producing to reduce waste because that's one big problem in the agriculture space where these farmers create so or plant and grow and produce so much crops but they're not enough people buying from them and they eventually go to waste but some of these things are perishable right or they're not able to store yeah. it properly so it ends up wasting and all of this fall within ensuring responsible production and consumption so being able to ensure that these farmers are not producing more than they can sell and that the buyers are accessing what they need what they can buy and you know kind of offsell as well but also in the agricultural process being able to use the least amount of water that you need so precision farming regenerative farming as well being able to kind of and I don't know if reuse and recycle is actually the right word in the agricultural process. What do you think? I, to be honest, I don't know. But I think when you, this point, you just mentioned a really great point. I think what is also very important for us to know that all this innovation, all this technology coming up are actually helping us to feed a growing population while also maximizing the harm to our environment because you don't yeah. want to create technologies that will definitely be causing more harm to the environment than at the end of the day. Why create this technology? So I think it is important to to give credit to these guys that are making things very easy. To while they are growing the population, they're also trying to rah, 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 not arm the environment because we don't want you to create innovations or technologies that they are good to us. They are trying to feed the population, but at the end of the day, instead of you feeding the population, you're causing more harm to the environment. No, you know that's a good point, and and this will take me on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> but I'll pull myself back <laughs> in. But this is a very okay. good point about the impact of the climate transition as well on the future, right? So there's so much innovation in trying to be sustainable. So, you know, off topic is solar panels and the production of solar panels. And there's been some research sure. that has come out and spoken about how the metals and um, minerals and all the other names of things that I actually don't know that go into creating those panels. <laughs> that go into creating those panels and solar energy and stuff is actually quite harmful in the mining process and it's aggravating, you know, inequality in the areas that they're mining in, which in most cases end up being central, you know, African countries and the injustice of that process. And the negative impacts of, you know, this quick innovation for the climate transition, right? So you make a very good point in that being able to create technologies and solutions that are solving this problem. But then there's also a, a big spotlight on being able to assess the impact of these solutions and ensure that these solutions are not kind of more problematic or creating more future problems than we currently have. So kind of 
creating another problem to solve a problem, if that makes sense. But that's that's another yes, topic that, that we can explore at another time. But yeah. Yeah, and, and to, to piggyback on what you just said, because if you're looking at agri-tech, I think one area that we also need to look at is the responsible sourcing, which I think is an integral yeah. part of the SDG, um, SDG 12. And I think we need to know where our products are coming from, how they are made, and what impact they're having on both human lives and on the, on the environment. And I think mm-hmm. there are a number of ways that also we can make production and consumption more sustainable. Um, for example, mm-hmm. we can choose to to buy products that are made from recycled materials and also produce in a way that minimizes environmental impacts and that are fair trade certified. Because at the end of the day, yes, these things are good. These things are important for us. But I think we need to also know where they're coming from, how they produce, yeah. the, the package, the sourcing and everything. So I think we can reduce our consumption of resources by also repairing the things that we have rather than buying new ones and also by buying in bulk. So I think when you're looking at from moving from agri-tech to the sourcing part of it, I think this is a very important that as citizens, as individuals, we we take really key interest on where this product coming from. Yes, this product are good for us, but what impact are they making on the environment and in human lives? And I think this is very interesting because I was speaking with incoming clients in my day job, and yeah. I keep saying my day job. My day job is as the CEO. <laughs> my day job is as the CEO of the AR Initiative, a sustainability advisory firm. And I was speaking with an yeah. incoming client, and they're in the construction industry, and we were talking about sustainable procurement in the construction industry, mm. which is a very new space, particularly in Africa, and being able to source and find these sustainable alternatives to mm. construction materials. And being able to integrate like a life cycle assessment of the construction process. So basically at each stage, what your impacts are or what your contribution is and being able to calculate emissions along the the life cycle of the process as well. So it's really interesting to see people, companies and organizations starting to think about this and prioritize this in their business in their business models and in their offerings as well, which is really, really cool because not just, you know, agriculture that we've, we've spoken quite a bit about already, but in so many other industries like the fashion industry as well, because traceability is such a big part of, yeah, yeah, of sustainability, right? Where are you getting the materials yeah. from? Where, where, where do they come from? What is the impact at their production stage? You can't just say, mm. oh, you're using vegan leather to make clothes. But what is the vegan leather made of? Is it made of polyester? Is it made of plastic? A handful of fabric as well. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for innovation in the traceability space as well and in measurement and, and reporting space as well. So that's actually one of the targets of, of SDG 12, but I'm trying to figure out which target exactly it is. But part of it is around being able to develop tracking and measurement systems to ensure that, you know, the work that we're doing is as responsible as possible. When I find the target, I'll highlight it. But yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I totally agree. I totally agree with you when it comes to the traceability because at the end of the day, you want to make things easy for people. And I think that making me appreciate the, the new technologies like blockchain that some companies are using it at this moment to track products from its origin all the way to its, to its hands and to the consumers as well. And I think when you, when this transparency comes into play, this makes companies accountable. It not just make them accountable, I think it promotes um, fair labor practices and discourage everyone. And I think for me, accountability is important. You, right. you can't just be making products and at the end of the day, you're making profits while I'm in the environment. 
you should also make sure that all your product or what you're producing is good for the people and also good for the environment. And I think if countries can have laws to make sure that you don't just have laws, you make sure that these laws are being followed and making sure that people don't just make production or just produce things and it's costing them. But yes, the money is there. You make profit from this company. But are you protecting the lives of the people that you serve? Are you protecting the lives yeah. of the people in these communities where these companies operate? Because at the end of the day, some of these guys, they cause a lot of danger, a lot of sue people to the communities that they serve. So I think if it's left for political leaders or the government to take actions, create laws that will protect the people that they serve in as much as they're looking for money, they're looking to make profit off these complaints. But I think it's important that these people are held accountable for their production and the lives that they impact in the communities. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with all of that. And I even found the target. So it's 12.6.1 and it's an indicator for target 12.6, where it's like companies producing sustainability reports okay. and it's around kind of the transparency and accountability made public as well. So, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. But it's really interesting. I think this is a very key goal that a lot of people maybe don't think is as vast as it really is because it speaks to almost every industry. So long as you have a supply chain, so long as, you know, there's some form of production and consumption attached to what you're, which is almost everything, right? We're consuming fashion, consuming food, consuming, you know, whatever product it is. And so this particular SDG is a very interesting one to think about and to start thinking about how we are producing and consuming things. Like how much food are we wasting? Even down at an individual level, right? We always talk about how we want to to look at sustainability in the macro, meso and, and micro level and at an individual level, at a micro level. It's how much food are you consuming and, and wasting? You know, how much food are you buying on a weekly basis that ends up sitting in your fridge and you throw away? I'm also talking to myself. You buy, you buy, these, <laughs> you buy these fruits, you go into the supermarket and you see all these fruits, blueberries and strawberries and this and that. I think you're going to have, you're going to consume it though, like during the week, but you find that you actually don't. And a lot of this ends up going to waste. Which, you know, on an individual level, it might not seem like a lot on a one-to-one basis, but, you know, it all adds up and it's being able to recognize some of these are patterns and doing differently because food waste at our level and at the farmer level, which we spoke about earlier, right, is is like a small version of the same problem. So it's a very interesting one to look at. Yeah, and and it's so so important to also let our listeners know that these goals that we are looking at, they're very related, they're interconnected when it comes to sustainable production and consumption. We can help us protect our water resources and also our clean water is essential for agricultural production. And for anyone listening to us and listening to this episode, there are a number of ways that you can play your part in achieving these goals. Like we mentioned earlier, reducing our consumption of resources by buying less, buying better, and reusing yeah. and recycling more. And I think another way we can do this is also choosing sustainable product. There are a lot of sustainable products out there that when we buy, we can choose products that are produced in a sustainable way and that also can be recycled. Manufacturers know that people are taking action when it comes to sustainable products. They will tend to create these small products that will be good for their environment. And I think another one that is also very important is supporting sustainable businesses because when you support sustainable businesses, you can do shopping at their stores, you can buy their products, you can invest in their businesses so that they can actually produce more, 
one that is also very important for what we do. Our Social Good UK is actually getting involved in our communities by advocating for sustainable policies, by volunteering for sustainable organizations, and educating others about sustainability. Because it's one thing for you to have a knowledge, it's another thing for you to make sure you share that knowledge that you gain by listening to this podcast. Yes. I think that's an awesome segue to the next SDG you wanted to talk about. But before we do that, should we tell our listeners a little bit more about how they can win these tickets? If that's a good midpoint. Yes. So <laughs> you really want these guys to win this ticket. And that's yeah, I do. To win this t- <laughs> so we've got 10 free tickets to give to our listeners to attend the Protect Our Planet campaign happening in Paris. All you have to do is follow us on the Spotify, Sustainability and Climate Podcast, and go on our Instagram and comment on our last post about the concept, the concepts, and just let us know who you're looking forward to seeing when it comes to their teas. There's a great lineup of artists that will be performing at the festival. Do you want to tell me more about the artists? Or we should keep it for them to do go to the website or go to our Instagram. I think we'll, I think we'll tell, yeah, go to our Instagram to find out which Toby forgot to mention as well. You should be following us on, on Instagram as well to win. Yes. Go to our Instagram <laughs> to find out more, but we will definitely share more about the artists yeah. on our Instagram and maybe at the end of the episode, stay tuned. We'll tell you a little bit more about who's going to be performing, yeah. but it's going to be a great concert. And certainly I'm jealous that I'm not going to be attending. All right, guys, shifting dress now to SDG 6, which is clean water. I think this is the fundamental human rights, but sadly, millions of people around the world still lack access to clean water. Labaki, how do you think you can address this? Mm, big question. Big, big question. The big question we, you know, so many brilliant minds and, you know, innovators have been trying to solve for a long time. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't think I have the answer on how to solve it. I think a deep understanding yeah. of the problem, which we are already starting to do. So the UN website lists, you know, some good statistics on the problem. So for example, it says at least 3 billion people, for at least 3 billion people, the quality of water they depend on is unknown due to a lack of monitoring, right? So this is what I'm saying about data, wow. about, you know, really understanding a problem. We don't have an understanding of the, the quality of water for 3 billion people, where 8 billion people have a significant. Yeah portion on the planet, right? And 73 plus million people live in countries with high and critical levels of water strength. So there's a lot of information on this particular problem on, on the SDG website. However, clean access to clean water and sanitation is a huge problem. And I know that particularly developing countries where water systems are not regularly maintained or even highly prioritized by the government. They are not well managed. They are not well protected. A lot of it also comes from waste management problems as well. So you have waters that are being polluted by, you know, businesses, whether it's, it's, you know, oil companies or, or businesses kind of funneling their waste into like public water systems and just like a lack of intentional management of water systems and access to drinking water. I remember living in Geneva and there were taps all around the city with clean drinking water for you to access at any wow. point. 
Yeah, and the the water was clean and pure. Like you could just go to a tap by the side. And they 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 made them really cute, actually. Well, well designed, intricate fountains, and you can get water from there at any point in time. But you know, in some developing countries, in Nigeria, for example, access to clean water is such a struggle, even in the cities and the developed mm. like areas of, of the cities. Like access to clean water is such an expensive problem like you have to pay for you know borehole systems and water treatment plants and consistently maintain those those systems that is not accessible to everybody and that's such a big problem that you know we need to address and this particular sdg speaks to that a little bit and some of the targets are around ensuring universal and equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water and i think this is a very key word in this target affordable drinking water because people are paying so much money to access and treat their water systems and then you know goals and targets around sanitation and hygiene because it is a huge part of the problem (laughs) this is a little bit funny but the end open defecation because that's a huge part of the problems right it's yeah whole waste management systems that then infects the water so it's a wide-ranging problem. I think agriculture as yeah. a sector also plays into this a little bit in how much water they use, how they dispose of the water they use, and how they manage like water resources. Yeah. But yeah, what are you? How do you think about it? What do you think are some of the things that we can do to increase access to affordable water? I think for me, one one of the way we can address this is to is to reduce water wastage and contamination. Because yeah. before you can talk about access to water. That you see, you see a lot of countries, they have this water, but how do the people use this water? And because you, some people, you don't, you know, some countries, they pay to use water. And because you don't pay for these things, you, you misuse it. And when there's shortage, you blame the government. But I think we as citizens, we as people, we have a role to play to make sure that we reduce our water wastage. And I think there are, there are different strategies ranging from improving irrigation and agriculture to stopping chemical runoff into our rivers and oceans. And yep. I think recently I, I was seeing just this, I, I met this guy who started a company recently. He, he created this innovative way where we can extract moisture from air and also purify clean water. So I think that there are a lot of, there are a lot of technologies that are emerging these days to, to make things easy for people. But I think if we don't, we as citizens, we as individuals, if we don't put this, our own personal efforts in wastage, I think there'll definitely be issue in having access to water. Because it's mm-hmm. not going to have access to water. It's not going to have access to clean water. Uh, so I think this is a combined effort and having the right policies in place and the right infrastructure investment. I think this can help us address, because see, there, there are millions of people around the world, but it's so sad to see that some people still lack access to water, which is a daily need, right? And you just talked about back in the day when we were living in Geneva, water was accessible on the street. But some countries and some people need to walk miles and miles to have this water. Yes. So I think we as individuals, it's for us to play our part. When you have access to this water, you don't misuse it. And you say, yeah, but water is free. Water is, is from God. But at the end of the day, these things should not be mismanaged. I think because these things are available does not mean we should mismanage them. And I, I just want to encourage our listeners to continue to take action in making sure that we, we protect the environment, we protect the water that we have. And also there's, I was speaking to, you know, I love speaking to people about, because this is, that the goals are something that I work on every day. And I think 
put there. I, th- I think I saw recently these portable water filters that people use at homes. And also there's this solar power water purification system that you can see that are available for communities and even smart irrigation systems. So I think there are a lot of technologies these days that are trying to help us reduce our water wastage and apply these solutions to make sure that water are clean for people to use. Awesome. I think this is one goal in particular that I haven't engaged with too much professionally. Yeah. So it's it's good to kind of see and learn more around what can be done. I know some of the things highlighted is industrial waste management and, and new technologies around harvesting rainwater, I saw as well, which is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one that I definitely will read read up on a little bit more. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think I think for for we as individuals, as we as citizens of different countries, I think it is clear that this is a global goal that requires local action in as much as it's a global goal. But we are, locally, we have a role to play. Each one of us has a part to play, whether it's reducing our, our water waste at home, supporting clean water initiative, or advocating for better policies. And I think if what we need to do, we need to do it now. We can't yeah. say, oh, there's still time. There's no better time than to talk about issues like this or to take actions now. So just to encourage our listeners to keep taking action, to keep making sure that the world is a better place. Because when you have these things, when you have these resources, how do you use them? How do you manage them? Yes, we can talk about the 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 private sectors, how they, they pollute the environment. But we as individuals as well, we, we have a lot of role to play. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just think to be taking this, it's time for us to stop talking about it and start taking action. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like that's that's a great way to wrap up that particular goal. Yeah. Take action. Let's let's talk. Let's do more. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think I, I think I think for for our listeners, some people see sustainability as a buzzword. It's a lifestyle for some people. It's a lifestyle for us. It's a commitment. It's the way forward to making sure that we we have an habitable planet for us and our future generation. So I think it's just we're just here to encourage all of us to to strive to do our part to make sure that we play a very critical role in making the world a better place and not just make it all sustainability climate change is one of those words. No, it's a lifestyle, it's a commitment that we all need to make, and that is why the Power Our Planet campaign is happening in Paris to to make people know more about these things, let them know how important their actions and the decisions that they make affect our planet. Yes, that's a great segue. That's a really, really good segue to the Power Planet campaign. And as promised, some of the performing artists that I said, you know, I would mention at the end of the podcast include Lenny Kravitz, yeah. Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. her, yeah. Baptiste. So there's, there's, there's quite a few really, really cool performers. And like I said, I'm, I'm super jealous of those. I'll <laughs> be, those I'll be winning tickets. John Boyega will be there. Yeah. Big shout him. out to John. Yeah, I love his work. So I'm super jealous, even more so as I'm seeing all the different guests. (laughs) But it will make me feel better to see 10 of our listeners attend and you know how how it went and everything that you learned at the campaign on how to kind of improve sustainability in your everyday life um, and how you can contribute even further to, to the global transition. But yeah, I think that's about that yeah, for today's yeah. episode. Once again, thank you so much for yes, listening. Yes, guys. And just to let our listeners know that we value 
We value their support. We want to appreciate everyone for being part of it. And just to remind us that sustainability matters. Stay green, stay responsible, and keep making a difference. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. See you next time. On the Sustainability and Climate Podcasts.